podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Wednesday, the 10th of February, and we are brought to you by epillindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is, of course, a VPN provider. You can check out their services at libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. Also, check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk for any giftware or homeware needs that you may have. Right, folks, uh, FA Cup last night and tonight. Last night, we had Manchester United overcoming West Ham in one of the most boring games of football you are ever likely to see. Neither team really seemed to want to win the game. United were more attacking. United left out Bruno Fernandes and seemed lost without him. Matic and Fred controlled the midfield uh, with David Moyes making the decision to not play Suchek in centre midfield, to use him as more of an attacking midfielder, and go with Mark Noble, who unfortunately for Mark Noble just doesn't offer much at the moment anymore. Um, West Ham showed very little in this game. They had one shot on target, a very weak header from uh, Ben Rama late in stoppage time. It was the only save that Dean, Dean Henderson had to make in the whole game. He completed as many dribbles as he did saves. Uh, United had five shots on target. Fabianski made two really good saves. One from a Lindelof header that took a deflection off Craig Dawson and the other in a 1v1 against Marcus Rashford. But it wasn't a good game of football. Um, United, again, like I say, left out Bruno. Moyes decided to leave out Ben Rama, he left out Antonio. Um, a, a big blow for them. Ogbonna got hurt and had to go off. Issa Diop was brought on. In a bizarre decision, Harry Maguire was named as man of the match, despite not really doing a whole lot of much, not having to do a whole lot of much. Maybe that was done to make him feel better after his calamitous mistake at the weekend. Either way, United are, are through to the next round. And joining them in the draw for the sixth round is Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth overcame Burnley. Heavily rotated Burnley. Left out both centre-backs, the goalkeeper, the left-back, both centre midfielders, and changed things around up front. Jay Rodriguez had their only real chance of the game, but fluffed his lines from seven yards out. Burn, uh, Bournemouth played some good football. David Brooks was the standout player in this game. He just just looked like a different class to everybody else, including Dwight McNeil, who I'm a big fan of. But Brooks is a Premier League player, and somebody needs to buy him in this in this summer window coming up. He cannot be in the Championship again next year. He is a Premier League player, and not just that, he's a top-half Premier League player. Leicester City have a gaping hole on the right-hand side of their attack, and he would be perfect for it. Whether they're playing 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, or 4-1-4-1, whatever shape they want to go with. David Brooks is the answer to that right-sided role. They brought in Cengiz under. It hasn't worked. Aosi Perez hasn't really worked there. Mark Albrighton is a nice spark plug. He's a nice option, but he's not a high-level player at this point in his career. David Brooks with Thielemans, Madison, and Barnes behind Vardy would be obscene. You stick in Didi behind that, and that is as good a midfield five as you will find in the Premier League. As good as anybody has to offer. They are all excellent players, and he is of the very same calibre. And he would be going to the right manager, I think, in Brendan Rodgers, who would get, allow him to play with freedom, give him the tools he needs around him, and with Ricardo Pereira bombing forward from right back behind him, he would always have that overlapping player. So David Brooks needs to go to a Premier League team Bournemouth move on, and they will be very, very happy with, with life. Uh, no manager yet. That should get sorted now in the next couple of days. There's been mention of David Wagner, as I spoke of yesterday. John Terry's name has been mentioned. Woodgate, look, he's won his two games. I still don't think you give him the job. But um, there's a lot of talent in that, that Bournemouth team. There really is. Last season, they went down because of their defence. 
the defense was a disaster the whole time. Last season it was just particularly bad. It's the one thing that Eddie Howe just could not could not figure out. Part of that was that he bought the wrong players. For example, when he bought Chris Metham from Brentford, he should have bought Esri Konza. Um, when he bought, I think, is it Stacy? He bought from Luton or Simpson, one of them. He should have been buying James Justin. If he bought those two, he'd probably still be a Premier League manager. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, I thought, had a good game at centre-back last night. He he does look a prospect. I will be curious to see what happens with him long-term. Uh, he's owned by Spurs. Spurs haven't ever really given him an opportunity. But he's done really, really well on loan at Bournemouth um, in, in the games I've seen. Now, he, he might have been different in other games, but in the couple of games I've seen, he, he's been really, really good for them. Um, and Bournemouth move into the next round and they will be happy. There are four games tonight. First up is Swansea against Manchester City. Swansea, obviously, championship team, sit third in the championship. Huge win at the weekend. They beat Norwich, who are top on the table, 2-0 uh, with goals from the other AU. I think it's Andre AU is there, isn't it? And Jordan's at Palace. And Conor Hurrahan, who's on loan from Villa and has made a great start to life uh, with, with them. He's got three goals in three games. Uh, is playing like Michael Ballack. Doesn't seem to know what to do with himself. He's just very, very comfortable at the level. And um, he's added a new dimension to them. They have done really well with working the loan market. Like, you look through the squad, they've got Freddie Woodman there, the goalkeeper from Newcastle. They had him on loan last season. Mark Wahey, the centre-back from uh, Chelsea, I believe they had him last season as well. Jordan Morris, I was surprised they got him in on loan from Seattle Sounders. Connor Hurrahan and um, Paula Ariola, who I don't know anything about. But they've done really well in bringing in loan players last year. Of course, they had Rian Brewster, who did brilliantly for them on loan. And ended up earning himself a really good move, obviously, to Sheffield United. That hasn't gone well, but it doesn't take away the fact that he did so well last season for them. Um, they had Conor Gallagher on loan last season as well from uh, Chelsea. He's obviously on loan at West Brom now. And Ben Wilmot was there, who is now playing uh, for Watford. That was his parent club. So they've made themselves a club where Premier League clubs can feel comfortable loaning a player knowing that they're going to get good schooling because Steve Cooper is a very good coach. They're going to get regular playing time. They're going to be in a good environment and they're going to come back as better players. And if, even if they don't come back as good enough for your club, they're certainly good enough to invite a move from other clubs who will maybe give you more than you think the player is worth, as was the case with Brewster. Um, to get to this point in the competition, Swansea have beaten Stevenage 2-0 and walloped Nottingham Forest 5-1 and obviously going up against Premier League table toppers Man City who've beaten Birmingham and Chelsea or sorry and Cheltenham Man City don't get Premier League clubs in the cup what am I talking about uh, no they got Birmingham and Cheltenham and now Swansea so it's going to be a big big test for Swansea it's the type of game you'd expect City to win especially with the form that they're in rampaging their way through the Premier League. In the EFL Cup final, moving forward in the Champions League, eyes firmly set on a quadruple that would cement Pep as maybe the greatest manager of all time. Um, ten wins in a row in the Premier League. Uh, they're, just, they're just phenomenal at the moment. Um, you just can't argue with how City are playing. Uh, 13 wins in all competitions for City at the moment um, across Champions League, EFL Cup, two FA Cup games and um, and the the Premier League. The last time they they failed to win was against West Brom. Um, they're just they just look unstoppable. You would fancy them heavily to beat Swansea as good as Swansea look in the Championship. Man City are a different beast. Um, that's the 5:30 kickoff at 7:30. It's Leicester against Brighton, an old Premier League clash. Leicester obviously going well in the Premier League, currently in third spot. They have beaten Stoke 4-0 and Brentford 3-1 to advance to this point. They look like a team with eyes on maybe winning this competition. Um, I think it's important for Brendan Rodgers to get some silverware under his belt this year. 
because he doesn't have any real silverware in, in, in England and, you know, silverware in Scotland is one thing, but silverware in England is what matters. Uh, Brighton will provide a tough test and they scrape by Newport in the first round, winning on penalties and then beat Blackpool in the fourth round. I'd be interested to see how strong a team uh, Graham Potter puts out in this one. I think Leicester will go fairly strong but with, with a couple of players rested because they have Liverpool at the weekend. But I do think Brendan will want to win the competition. At home, you'd have to favour Leicester. As good as Brighton have been recently, Leicester are also very, very good. And like I said, third in the Premier League, as opposed to Brighton, who sit 15th. Um, there is a gulf there, and there's a reason for the gulf. Um, you'd, you'd, back, you'd back Leicester to win that game. Then we get Sheffield United, who are really enjoying their cup run, and it is a nice distraction from what was their league woes. But since this cup run started, they've won three league games, having not won any before that. They've won five games since January the 9th, having not won a game since July up until then. Um, they beat Bristol, uh, Bristol Rovers rather, in the, fir- in the third round. They beat Plymouth Argyle 2-1 in the fourth round. And now they go for the Bristol double against Bristol Rovers, who beat Portsmouth and Millwall quite comfortably against Millwall. But Portsmouth game was tough, but um, a 3-0 win over Millwall to set up this task. This should be a good game of football. Bristol played decent football. Um, there's a couple of quality players in that team. The one I really like, I don't know if he'll play, um, but the one I really like for them is Han Noah Masengo, who is super, super talented, young French player. Um, he's not an every-game starter for them. I, I don't know whether that's injuries or form, but um, he's super talented. He's one I write, really like. They've got uh, Henry Lansborough, who was at, Villa, he's been at Forest, he's been around, came through at Arsenal. He signed in January, so they have him. They have Andreas Weiman, who people might remember from Aston Villa. Uh, Alfie Mawson, who was relegated from the Premier League with Swansea and relegated from the Premier League with Fulham. But he's a solid enough defender. Jada Silva's one to watch. He's a good left back, came through the Chelsea Academy, has done well there. Uh, Avert your eyes, Liverpool fans, Thomas Callas the centre-back who played for Chelsea in that day when they cost Liverpool the title in 2014, he's there as well. So there's there's a lot of players that people will know. Steven Sessegnon, the brother of Ryan Sessegnon, he's there on loan too. Uh, there's some, a lot of players people should know, or they should know their names anyway, uh, in, that, in that Bristol squad. So it should be a decent enough game. Um, Bristol in the Championship this season currently sit ninth, so... A little bit outside the playoff picture, which is you know where they want to be. I think there's six points outside the playoffs this year. They're, Bristol's a city that deserves a Premier League club. It, I think it's the biggest city in England that doesn't have a Premier League club and has never had a Premier League club. Um, it's a great city. And Bristol City are a good team. They're a good club. They've got Premier League infrastructure. Ash, Ashton Gate is definitely a Premier League caliber ground. It's a little on the small side at about 26,000, 27,000. When they remodeled it, it's you know it, it's definitely a Premier League caliber stadium. You'd back Sheffield United to win just because they're the Premier League team, but I wouldn't be surprised if this one is an upset. I wouldn't be surprised if Bristol uh, came away with the victory, even though it is at uh, Bramall Lane. And then the last game is at quarter past eight. It is Tottenham Hotspur traveling to Liverpool to play Everton at Goodison Park. The Ev obviously going strong, seventh in the league. They'll be quite happy with that. They've got a couple of games in hand on the teams above them. They beat Rotherham uh, after extra time in the third round and then gave Sheffield United a bit of a slapping in the fourth round. They come into this game in pretty decent form. Um, only lost one of the last five. A couple of draws, a couple of wins. Getting back to fitness. I think Alan is the only real starter now that's kind of got a knock, got an injury. Hammers back, Richarlison back, Dina back. These are quality players, very important to Everton. I think Everton at home look a good bet against Spurs, who won at the weekend after three successive defeats. Mourinho needs silverware this year, though, because it's Mourinho. They wallop Marine 5-0. They should beat Marine easily. Marine are in the Northern Premier League, Division 1 North Northwest. It's the eighth tier of English football. And then they beat Wickham, um, who are struggling desperately 
in the championship this year. They beat them 4-1 in the fourth round. I think we can expect Spurs to play a slightly stronger squad than they've played in previous rounds. Um, because, like I say, I think Mourinho will be taking this seriously. I think he will want to win this competition because so, uh, silverware is, is what he measures himself by, and I think that's a, that's a good approach to take. Uh, Spurs are eighth in the Premier League, so it's a nice even battle between the two sides. But at home, I think Everton must be the favourites to win this game and uh, march on towards hopefully their first bit of silverware since 1995. Uh, so that's the FA Cup for tonight. Like I say, four games. They should be four decent games. They can't be much worse than what we had to witness last night. The Burnley-Bournemouth game was okay, but it was quite clear that you know Burnley weren't really taking all that seriously, and, and Bournemouth are in a bit of a transition with a couple of really good standout players, especially David Brooks, and the United-West Ham game was an abomination. Um, right. There's not a whole lot to talk about really today, so what I wanted to just have a quick look at is there's a lot of players, a lot of big-name players, out of contract this summer. So what I wanted to do was just have a little look at the main ones and see if there's a Premier League move that might suit them. Because there are some names I think will be very appealing to clubs up and down the league, but largely clubs closer to the top of the league. The first one, I can't believe he's out of contract. I cannot believe AC Milan have allowed this to happen. But Gigi Donnarumma, who's 21 and is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, is out of contract this summer. Now, Chelsea are desperately in need of a long-term solution goalkeeper position. Kepa hasn't worked for them at all. And Mendy's clearly not the answer. He's too erratic, makes too many mistakes. He's too unpredictable. Donnarumma at 21 would be perfect for them. He's used to playing for a big club. He's used to playing in big games. He's got experience at the highest level. He's currently playing for the team that are top of the uh, of, of Syria. He's played in Europe. He's still a young keeper, so there's still some flaws in his game, but he's far more advanced than a normal 21-year-old, having o- over 200 games under his belt already. Um, I think Donnarumma would be perfect for Chelsea. Even if... If they could swing a deal somehow where they get re- get AC to sign him to maybe one year's deal and then swap him for Kepa, because it's that or you get nothing, and they could just ke- get Kepa off their books, get a little bit creative. Milan could be a really good spot for Kepa to go and rebuild his career. Um, but Donnarumma represents a massive upgrade for Chelsea and is well worth consideration. Other out-of-contract goalkeepers um, this summer, uh, Fernando Musleri, the experienced Uruguayan, spent most of his latter part of his career in Turkey. Uh, Lucas Fabianski at West Ham, I expect him to get re-signed. Sergio Romero of Manchester United, surely, surely he is leaving the country at this point. Surely he is heading off somewhere else to pursue other adventures uh, in his footballing career. And Asmir Begovic, who hasn't been a good signing for Bournemouth. And um, I suppose if you want a solid backup goalkeeper, if you're a mid-table club looking for a solid backup goalkeeper, he could be a decent option. For example, if Wolves wanted to move on from John Ruddy, um, Begovic could make some sense for them. I think he's probably best suited to move on elsewhere, but maybe he's comfortable and happy in England. If so, a championship club is probably the best fit for him where he'll get more regular game time. But if he does want to play for a Premier League club and he's happy enough to be a backup, Wolves, maybe Leeds. Leeds could do with an experienced backup who's better than uh, Kiko Casilla. So maybe Leeds. He's not great, though, Begovic. He makes a lot of mistakes. Um, moving on into the central defensive areas, uh, Jerome Boateng is, is available on a free. 
former Manchester City player, long of Bayern Munich. Um, never quite been worthy of the the reputation he had, but for a time was was very very good. Did have something of a resurgence last season. Um, has been linked with Chelsea, who I maybe they just want to put together all the old defenders, but. I don't think there's a Premier League club out there that gets better by signing Jerome Boateng. Now, maybe you can say some of the, the lower-end teams, but they don't have the money to sign him because he'll want huge wages. The top-end Premier League teams should avoid him. Um, United need younger, quicker, more reliable. Chelsea need the same, younger, quicker. Liverpool don't need someone like him. Uh, Man City don't need someone like him. Spurs, they have Toby Alderweireld. They, they don't want to get any older at centre-back. Arsenal, as a short-term fit, next to Gabriel, maybe on a two-year deal, I wouldn't do it because I think you need they need to just cut ties with these older, overpaid players Commit to the youth, commit to the rebuild. I wouldn't do it personally. I think Boateng ends up either PSG for a year or straight to the MLS. I I think that's the best the best move for him. He wants to stay at Bayern, apparently. They're not all that keen by the looks of things. They haven't opened talks with him. Maybe he sticks around if they can't get Upa Meccano. But their plan seems to be Upa Meccano next to Nicolas Sula is how they move forward. Sergio Ramos is next. Um, again, someone who's never been worthy of the reputation. A great player, never a great defender. Um, according to BBC, he'll go down as one of the game's greatest defenders. He is an erratic, error-prone liability of a defender who Rafa Varane has been carrying for years, and Pepe carried for years before that. He makes the big flash tackles because he has to, because he's always at a position. Desperation defending is not good defending. Let's be clear on that. If you're someone that has to make a lot of last-ditch tackles, you're very likely someone who's always at a position. Dejan Lovren was like that. Mustafi's like that. Sergio Ramos is much better than either of them two, but he's like that. He's a great footballer. <clears throat> He's tremendous on the ball. And he scores big goals. And he brings great elite-level leadership. Can be a little bit toxic in the dressing room, though. There's no crossing him in that dressing room. If you cross him, you're out. He will marginalize you in a dressing room if you cross him. He's also been known to get managers sacked in the past. So... I would be wary of signing him. Uh, personally, I wouldn't want him at my club. He'll be 35 in March. Um, Real are only offering him a one-year extension, and they're offering him a reduction in salary, but his current salary pays him over 200000 a week. He will be looking for similar or more in what will likely be his last big contract. Manchester United have been linked. I think they'd have to be insane to go anywhere near him. Chelsea will no doubt get linked again. I think they'd have to be insane. I would not touch him as a Premier League club because he will cost you goals. Yes, he'll score some big goals and yes, there'll be some lovely last-ditch tackles and the sheep and the mindless drones will say, oh, look at that great tackle. That's experience. Well, his experience put him out of position to begin with. So what are we saying about that? Uh, I wouldn't touch Sergio Ramos. Let him go on his merry way wherever it is he wants to go. He he seems like the type of fella who should be a Paris Saint-Germain. He just seems like that's the place for him. Uh, David Alaba is the other one. Now, he's not really a centre-back. He's a natural left-back or midfielder who has dropped into centre-back to sort of save them when Sula was hurt, when Boateng had his dip when Lucas Hernandez didn't kick on the way they hoped and when they needed Benjamin Pavard at right back, David Alaba was the one who really stepped up. Uh, undeniably a world-class footballer, top 15 in the world, I would suggest. Great in three positions, good in a couple of others. 
I wouldn't sign him as a centre-back, but if I could get him and play him either in midfield or at left-back, he improves pretty much any team in the world. Um, if Manchester City wanted a great left-back, there's your great left-back. If Liverpool want a replacement for Ginny Wijnaldum in midfield, if they want to stick with a midfield three, there's your replacement. If Manchester United want a great midfielder, there's your midfielder. Fits into midfield for Chelsea. Fits in anywhere he wants for Spurs, really. Uh, I wouldn't play him as centre-back in the Premier League unless I played a back three. Then I think he's absolutely fine. Either as the central player, as more of a sweeper with a bit of freedom, or on the left-hand side. Either way, he is great and everybody should want him. Uh, others out of contract, uh, Juan Bernat. If you're looking for a solid, reliable left-back, he could be a good option. Eric Garcia of Man City. It looks like he'll go to uh, to Barca. Patrick Van Anhold of, um, of Crystal Palace. I like him. He's not a great defender, but he is good going forward. And he, he tries defensively. The effort is there. Um, he's aggressive enough. He's quick enough. His positioning's relatively decent. He just gets beaten one-on-one a bit too much for my liking. But I do like him as a player. I think Arsenal should consider him. I know they want a young left-back, but they just want a backup left-back who'll be reliable, can play in a four or a five. Van Aanholt will be a decent buy. Um, I think Palace should re-sign him. Uh, he would be one of the few who are out of contract there that I'd be offering a new contract to. I think he's very, very well-suited to that to that club. But again, if Wolves wanted a, an experienced player to play ahead of uh, Rayhan Aitnuri for a year or two and rotate, he'd be a good option. Leicester City could maybe do with a left-back uh, in the rotation, a natural one, a bit more experienced than Luke, a lot more experienced than Luke Thomas. But you know, if you're just looking for someone more experienced, he'd be a good fit there. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely one I think will have value. He's one that will 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 have suitors. Thiago Silva is at a contract, but Chelsea hold an option for the second year. So he'll stay there. Uh, and regardless of what the spoofer was saying yesterday, it's very unlikely they'll extend it beyond that. It'll be one more year and then they'll move him on, you'd have to imagine. He's already shown this season there's massive flaws to having Thiago Silva at centre-back in the Premier League. Um, into midfield, Fernandinho. He's been incredible for City. He has been absolutely phenomenal since they brought him in from Shakhtar Donetsk. He has given them every penny they put into him back tenfold. Uh, multiple league titles, FA Cups, League Cups. Just a, a great, great player. He won't go to another Premier League club. He's too tied to City. So if he leaves, I think it's South America or maybe Spain. Could see him at a Sevilla Real Betis, you know, not a top level club, not Real Barca or or Atleti, but I think the level below that, Sociedad maybe, go play with his buddy David Silva. Um, I think there'll be clubs interested, but he could well just go back to Brazil and, and finish out his days there. Ginny Wijnaldum, massively important player for Liverpool over the last five years. Uh, key to a Champions League win, a Premier League win. Versatile, can play literally anywhere. Right back, left back, centre back in a three. Defensive midfield, central midfield, attacking midfield, either wing, off the striker. He played as a false nine for Liverpool in the Champions League at the new Camp. Ginny Wijnaldum will fit in anywhere and give you everything he has. And any club would be lucky to sign him. Any club would be lucky to sign him. I think he'll end up at Barcelona. If Koeman stays, I think that's where he goes. If Koeman doesn't stay and Barca don't follow up the interest, I think there'll be a ton of clubs in. I think you'll see Bayern come in from. PSG will come in from. I think both Milan clubs will be in. And Juve love a free agent. So Juve will probably knock on the door. I think Ginny Wijnaldum is as as good a midfield option as anyone has this summer on a free. 
it's unfortunate that he's going to leave Liverpool. Or it looks it looks like he's going to leave Liverpool. Um, but it is what it is. So best of luck to him. I, I hope he gets the right move. I hope he makes the right decision. I think he'll do three years somewhere, and then he'll go he'll go and retire in America, unless he decides to do a couple of years in America and go back and retire in in, in the Netherlands with either PSV or Feyenoord. But Ginny's a great player, and he'll he'll fit in wherever he wants to go. Um, Memphis Depay is a really interesting one because a little like Wijnaldum, super versatile, can play right wing, left wing, up front, off the striker, has developed into a wonderful all-round attacker, is a, is basically a one-man attack, creative, sh- absolute shot monster, like just gets his shot away time and time again, right foot, left foot, doesn't care, great set-piece taker, incredibly inventive, one of the few players in Europe who's among the top in terms of shots per game and through balls per game. Again, like Ginny, strongly linked with Barcelona, very, very close friends with Ginny. Wouldn't surprise me if they ended up at the same club. Even if it's not Barca, it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up together. He's been linked with, with Dortmund, but I, I just don't see them having the the, the wage structure that, that will allow them to sign Memphis Depay. Um, I would love to see him in the Premier League. I think there's a whole bunch of clubs in the Premier League that could do with him. Uh, Liverpool could do with him. Unfortunately, he's already been to United. He would be a lovely fit there. He would add inventiveness and creativity to what they already have. Um, And if they played him up front with Rashford one side, Martial the other, or Greenwood one side and Rashford the other, and then Bruno in behind, I I think he'd get the best out of all of them. Memphis is a tremendous player. Who who will improve any squad that he goes to? Simple as that. He is really really gifted. It's unfortunate he went to United at the time he did because it was just the wrong move at the wrong time. It was the right club, I think, at the wrong time, um, and he just won't go there again. Uh, Julian Draxler should have been world class. Should have been world class. Broke through at Schalke. Looked like he was the next Steven Gerrard. Honestly, looked like he was the next Steven Gerrard. And a combination of bad decisions, bad moves, maybe not being entirely committed to his career as a professional footballer, means that at 27, he's a little bit of an under-the-radar free agent. Not many people are talking about him. He doesn't seem to have to have had any offers yet. Uh, he's in and out of the PSG team. He's never really established himself there. The Wolfsburg move didn't work from went there to replace De Bruyne. Didn't didn't really work. Uh, had some injuries. Went to PSG when he could have joined Liverpool. Chose the money. It hasn't worked from. At 27, he's still got time to become a very good player. Like he's so talented. Again, he's someone that Liverpool could show interest in. He's someone that maybe Spurs could show interest in if they were to move Endembele deeper and, and Mourinho just didn't want to go with Ali as a 10. He could be a fit there. Um, Arsenal, maybe. I, I don't see a lot of Premier League clubs that could afford him that would want him. As a starter, and he will he will want starter wages. So I do think he's probably looking at maybe Spain, maybe back to Germany. I'm not sure who he'd go to. It's it, he's a difficult one. He's a difficult one to place. Uh, others that are out of contract: Hakan Chalanoglu, great free kick taker, has become a very good all round player, but he's a difficult one to fit because you kind of have to play a specific system, and a lot of the game has to run through him. He's a bit of a poor man's Bruno. So if you do play a 4-2-3-1 and you want a potential goal-scoring 10, he could be a good fit for you. But again, it will be a matter of wages. Um, he, he does seem to want to stay with Milan, and they seem to want to keep him. So we'll wait and see see if they can uh, put together a deal. Uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, I think it's safe to say, will not be coming back to the Premier League. He has been brilliant for Roma this year. Brilliant. If they let him go, they'd have to be out of their minds. 
Uh, Javi Martinez, great player in the past. Injuries slowed him. Age has caught up with him. I think he goes back to Bilbao personally and retires there. Uh, and Juan Mata, who likely heads back to Spain. I don't see a Premier League move for him. Not at the money he'd want anyway. And he, I think he'd have to be really enthused about a move. And I just don't see one in the in the Premier League. Angel Di Maria is an interesting one. He's 32. He's still super talented. And he's still really versatile. Can play both wings. Can play in a midfield three, which is unusual for a player of his build and skill set. But he can do it. And he did it really well under Carlo Ancelotti for Real when they won the Champions League. I think he's one that could help some Premier League teams. Like, for example, City need that Leroy Sané replacement, that left-sided player, natural left footer to hold the width. Now, he has played a lot of his football on the right-hand side, but think back to when he was at Benfica and initially at Real, and he did predominantly play on the left-hand side because at Real, Ozil played on the right-hand side. I think he'd be a really good fit for City, just as a short-term fill. I think he'd work at City. Uh, some fella called Lionel Messi. Um, there's, there's, there's two clubs that can afford him if he decides to leave Barca. He may well still leave Barca. Or, sorry, he may well stay at Barca. But there's, there's two clubs that can afford him. One is PSG. One is City. I think he goes to PSG because I think he wants to play with Neymar again. And I, I don't think you can really blame him. But if he comes to the Premier League, it will only be to one club and that will be City. And it would be incredible for the Premier League for Messi to play in England. But I just don't think it will happen. As rich as City are, I just don't see them. Like his last contract at Barca was a four-year contract which, including wages and other variables, amounted to 491 million sterling. That's nearly 125 million a year. Factor in, I think Virgil van Dijk is the best defender in the world. He earns about 10 million a year, including bonuses. Messi was earning 12 and a half times that. Now, admittedly, Messi's one of the greatest players of all time. He's certainly the greatest player of his generation. I'm sure his commercial appeal to Barca is mega, etc., etc., etc. But 12 and a half times what Liverpool pay, pay Virgil van Dijk, uh, which means Messi on his own per year, it was earning more than Liverpool starting 11. Because Van Dijk is one of the highest earners there, along with, with Mane and Salah. Then the next tier down, I think you have Firmino, you have... Oh, well, Thiago would be in that group as well. Next tier down, you'd have uh, Firmino, Henderson. Uh, then you get Fabinho and Alisson. And then kind of Gomez, Trent, Robbo they will be the next kind of level. So Liverpool's entire 11 probably don't earn 125 million a year. Their best 11. Whether it be Henderson or Wijnaldum as the third midfielder. Or you drop one of them and you play Jota. Whatever, whatever best 11 you put together for Liverpool, Messi earned more per year in each of the last four years than that did. Madness. Absolute madness. Um, and the final one is Sergio Aguero, City's all-time leading scorer, but has had a lot of injury problems, has missed most of this season. Rumours are that he's on 260 grand a week at, uh, at City, and that if he were to stay there, uh, they want him to have his wages. Now, I assume that's in part because they're saying, look, we're going to bring in Messi, so we're going to give a bunch of your money to him. We're going to take all that money we were paying for Nandinho and we're going to give it to Messi as well. And that David Silva money that we saved last summer by, you know, when he left, we're going to give that to Messi as well. Um, I think Aguero ends up wherever Messi ends up. That's where I am. I, I think if Messi goes to PSG, 
Aguero will go to PSG. If Messi stays put at Barca, Aguero will go to Barca. They're the two clubs that have been linked with him. And obviously the third option then is Messi comes to Man City. And I think Aguero stays because I think that will be one of the terms that City will face in signing Lionel Messi. Other strikers who are out of contract. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, there's just no way he doesn't stay at AC Milan unless he doesn't feel like his body can cope with it anymore, in which case he's not going to another top five league. He'll either go maybe back to Ajax, though they've just signed Sebastian Haller. So yeah, I know I know Zlatan's a much greater player, but they've just spent a lot of money on Haller. Um, maybe he goes back to Sweden. I don't know. But I think if he's if he's... If he feels like he's up to it and he's looked like he is this season, he's been great. I think he'll stay at, at AC. Olivier Giroud, who is just such an unappreciated, underrated player who is really only properly rated by the people that watch him all the time. He is he's a great all-round striker. He doesn't score the level of goals you you know you want from an elite level striker, but if you could partner him with anybody, they will get goals. Um I think as a squad option, which is what he's been at Arsenal and at Chelsea for the most part, every club would benefit from him. City, Liverpool, United, uh, Spurs, Chelsea, whoever. Everybody would benefit from having Giroud. Now, he may want to go and start somewhere, which is completely understandable that for the last few years of his career, because I think he's 34 now, he would want to go and start. So that's fair. Um, But he will have no shortage of of offers. Uh, Stefan Jovetic, uh, formerly of Manchester City, currently of Monaco uh, for the last four years, apparently, which I wasn't fully aware of, um, or at all aware of, really. I knew he'd played there, but I thought he'd left. Um, He looked brilliant when he was at Fiorentina. He looked like he was going to be the next big star, and then he just could not stay fit. Injury after injury after injury just hampered him. He missed the entirety of the 2010-11 season. He came back as more of a goal scorer, but the all-round game wasn't there. And then he moves to City, and then the injuries really catch up with him, and he has two very, very injury-interrupted seasons. Goes on loan to Inter, does okay. The next season, again, he just can't stay fit. They send him on loan to Sevilla. It goes, again, all right. He shows the talent, and he's scoring goals, but that burst of pace isn't there, and that relentless nature that he had wasn't there anymore. Um, he's had injury-plagued seasons at Monaco. I, no Premier League club should touch him. Too many injuries, too many miles in his body. He's a good player. He's talented, but he's not for the Premier League. He's not for the Premier League at this point. He's 31 years of age. I think he's probably best either staying in France or maybe going back to Italy. Go to a mid-level Italian club. Maybe go back to Fiorentina. It, it could suit him really well. Uh <laughs> And Troy Deeney, Troy Deeney is, is not a Premier League player anymore. So I think for Mr. Deeney, it is, it's long past time for Watford to move on from. Um, though, he, look, he's having, I suppose he's having a bit of a resurgence this season. But no, to me, either, either he stays at Watford or he goes to, to another championship club. But at, at 32 a lot of miles on his body and a lot of hard miles as well playing in the lower leagues. You know, this is a guy that played in the Midland football combination division two, which is, I don't even know how low down the the football pyramid that is. Then was at Walsall through league two and league one, um, played Southern league, premier league on loan championship. He's just, he has been up and down the leagues He's had a lot of kickings. He's been a very good player. Absolutely hats off to him. He has made a very, very good career for himself. But I don't think... Do you know what? He's a lifelong Birmingham City fan. And Birmingham City could probably do with a player like Troy Troy Deeney. Birmingham are 22nd in the championship right now. Scott Hogan has five goals for them. Nobody else has more than two. Oh, sorry. Jeremy Bella has three. Um, Everyone else has two or less. That's the move. I have solved the next stage of Troy Deeney's career. Go and play for your boyhood club 
you will absolutely love life there. It's where your your heart is, Mr. Deeney. Go and play for Birmingham. Go home. Be close to your family. Perfect. Perfect. I've, I've solved it. That's, that's that done. Right. Well, we'll finish up with the gossip for the day uh, and we'll get out of here nice and quick. Uh, Manchester City are to end their pursuit of Latour Martinez as he ex- is expected to sign a new deal with the Serie A side. Yeah, I think he was probably one of a couple on their list to bring in in the summer, but you know they, they'll have other options. Lukaku is, is the other one that they've been in recently, and that probably makes more sense as an out-and-out nine to replace Aguero. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain midfielder Ander Herrera thinks financial fair play regulations will prevent the club from signing Argentina striker Lionel Messi. Yes, because they've definitely been playing within the rules of financial fair play over the last couple of years. Of course they have. Definitely. Yeah, they haven't been fiddling their books at all. Um, they, they just, you know, they, they had more than enough revenue uh, to sign Mbappe and Neymar. Of course they did. What, you know, who, who wouldn't believe that? Bayern Munich chairman Karl-Heinz Rummenigge says it would be an honour to sign Liverpool Ford Mo Salah, but says the club have no imminent plans to move for the 28-year-old. You keep your hands off him. Whatever devious little things you're doing, Mr. Rummenigge, you keep them off Mo Salah. Um, Real Madrid captain Sergio Ramos has rejected the offer of a two-year contract and plans to join another European club. God, I hope it's not a Premier League club. Oh, I, I, I as as a biased fan, I kind of do, I, you know, because I'd, I'd like to see my team exploit him time and again. But my guess is he, he, he either stays or he goes to PSG. Um, Real Madrid are favourites to sign David Alaba with Chelsea unwilling to meet his wage demands. He's not asking for that kind of money. Chelsea aren't in the mix. And Real Madrid have been favourites. They've had him signed. It's been going on and on, round and round, for months and months and months now. And yet nothing has happened yet. So uh, we'll wait and see with that one. Manchester City will open talks with John Stones this summer in recognition of his role in their title charge. They'd also want to give... Uh, Ruben Diaz a massive pay rise and whatever it is they're paying him because it's not enough Crystal Palace are unsure whether to offer Roy Hodgson a new contract for the next season his his current deal expires at the end of the season, here's the answer don't do it just don't do it, move on you've had Warnock you've had Pulis you've had Big Sam, you had Pardew now you've had Hodgson you've completed the set it's done Take them, cash them in, get yourself a shiny new toy in return. Eddie Howe sitting out there waiting for a job. Go and hire Eddie Howe. If you're wondering why players regularly turn down Crystal Palace, if you're wondering why Jared Bowen is not a Crystal Palace player, it's because they don't want to play for managers like that. They want to go and play adventurous football. Nobody wants to play in that style of football. They just don't. Nobody wants to play for a team whose aim every season is 43 points and 13th. Nobody wants that. Move on. Get a new direction. Become exciting. It'd be great. You wouldn't know yourselves. Uh, Newcastle's English forward Dwight Gale is frustrated at his lack of playing time and could leave on a free transfer. Well, he'll also leave in a free transfer because they've absolutely no interest in keeping him. They have no interest in giving him a new contract. So why wouldn't he leave in a free transfer? He's still left ages ago. He's never had a, a real fit there. Uh, Sweden goalkeeper Robin Olsen wants to convert his loan move from Roma to Everton into a permanent deal. Of course he does, because Everton will pay him more money. It went really badly at Roma. He is a good goalkeeper. He didn't look very good against United at the weekend. He's better than Pickford, but then that is a very low bar. But it has to be a low bar, isn't it? So Pickford's little hands can touch it. Anyway, um, Manchester City... Manager Pep Guardiola is considering letting Ederson take penalties because City have missed three of their last seven spot kicks. I love it. I love South American goalkeepers taking penalties. Jose Luis Chilivert, who is who is Ederson or was Ederson? Ederson is basically the regen of Chilivert. Used to take penalties and free kicks. I'm all for it. He was a lefty as well. I'm all for it. Absolutely. Um. Former Manchester United defender Gary Neville says his old club need to sign a centre-half and a full-back in the summer. 
Carrie Neville's right about something. Carrie Neville got something right. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly what they need to do. They need a different option to Wan Bissak at right back. They've got Shaw and Tellers at left back. That's great. You've got Maguire and I think Lindelof as your left side centre backs. You've got Bailly as a backup right side centre back. The issue with him is he just can't stay fit. So you bring in someone ahead of him. It's obviously one of the biggest needs is a centre back. You just need to watch them play. Maguire's good, not great. Lindelof, good, not great. Bailly, good, not great. I do quite like Tunzebi, but he's still very raw, still needs a lot more game time. I don't think he's ready to start for a club like them. He may never be. Uh, I think a loan is probably the best bet for him. If they could find a Premier League loan, that would be really good. If they could get one of the clubs who's coming up to take him in on loan and guarantee him 25 starts, that would be perfect for him. Um, I saw some clown the other day say that a Rafa Varane for Paul Pogba swap would be a bad deal for United. Paul Pogba, who offers nothing for most games in midfield and has held the club to ransom for years now and made the narrative all about himself and caused distraction and caused trouble and doesn't really want to beat your club anymore versus Rafa Varane, who is one of the 10 best centre-backs in the world, who would make your defence massively better who might make Harry Maguire look like something other than a kitchen appliance. And you don't think Paul Pogba for Rafa Varane? You, you would be robbing Real Madrid, swapping Pogba for Varane. Robbing them. You get the better player and the one that actually cares and the one that actually tries. And he fits your biggest need. You're better off without Pogba. Your midfield works better without Pogba. And you don't think that's a good move? Idiots. Clowns, funky hair, makeup, fancy trousers, big shoes, little car, the lot. Um, and, and a fullback. They need a, a different option to Wan Bissaka, a more attacking option. Um, a Max Aaron's type of, of option. I don't know if they'd spend that type of money, but that's, that's the type of player they need. Um, Gary Neville was right about something. Brilliant. We can, we can end the show there on a high. Uh, thank you as always to Guy Drinkle thank you to Fox Haunt for the title music thank you to you for listening um, that's it I'll see you tomorrow, Twitter Thursday bye bye Podcast Network.